going on, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you are doing amazingly well. We've made it to the middle of another week, so kudos to you. Go ahead, take your hand, right hand, reach it over your left shoulder, give yourself a good Barry Horowitz pat on the back. It's me saying to you, congratulations for making it to Wednesday, because if you made it to Wednesday, you can make it to Thursday, and then you can make it to Friday and the weekend will be here. How super cool is that? Shouts to everybody who joins us on the socials at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We really appreciate you. Big shouts to everybody who's listening to us right now via podcast. We really appreciate you and your continued support. If you know some friends who love pro wrestling or if it's your first time, first of all, welcome aboard. Second of all, don't be stingy with us. You can share us with the world. There's enough of the faction to go around. So go ahead, share us. Let people know on your socials and in your circles that you rock with the faction. We absolutely appreciate it. All right, let's get down to business, shall we? Monday Night Raw, we talked a little bit about it yesterday, but some more details. First of all, we have the ratings in, and this week's episode of Raw brought in 1.823 million viewers, which is actually up about 60,000 viewers from last week. This is certainly the post-show edition on the heels of WrestleMania Backlash. And it's pretty interesting. Hour one came in with 1.79 million viewers. Hour two went up by about 140,000 viewers to 1.932 million. And then hour three dropped nearly 200,000 viewers. There was a lot of content on here, including a rematch between Asuka and Charlotte, seeing Asuka getting the win. We saw the first title defense for the new women's tag champions, Natalia and Tamina, as they defeated Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Bobby Lashley presented an open challenge, which looked like it was going to be for the WWE Championship, ultimately to be a non-title match. And we'll talk about who was inserted in there in just a second. But first, I want to talk about this zombie situation, right? A lot of people in the wrestling world have been talking about it. It has been the talk now for three solid days. People can't possibly understand how this even happened. But it did. And perhaps what's even more interesting is seeing some of the tweets on both sides of it. MVP released a tweet that I thought was kind of epic. He says, I think zombies and wrestling are stupid. Also, Undertaker is the best. Kind of really digging on the WWE fan base which basically threw up all over the zombie situation, but loves The Undertaker. I get what he's saying, however, and comma, they are not the same MVP. You and I have to disagree on this, and I know he doesn't care whether or not I disagree with him, but I do think this is very different. So I think a lot of people were tuning in to see, okay, were zombies going to make their return to Raw or not? They did not. But one of the things that we are learning is The Miz is out and he's out indefinitely, not solely because he got, quote unquote, eaten by zombies, which is the other stretch of the imagination here. But during the match, he ended up tearing his ACL. And a lot of people believe it was the moment when a move happened from the top rope for Damian Priest and Damian Priest landed on The Miz's leg. Torres ACL. It's really quite unfortunate for a superstar who has a never injured anyone in his 15 year career 
or two has not been injured in his 15-year career. What a year this has been for The Miz. He wins the WWE Championship in February, only to lose it eight days later, ends up in a major marquee match that was highly publicized throughout the world because it would be the debut of Bad Bunny. It was an incredible match, and so certainly a great WrestleMania moment for him, though I don't know if he would chalk it up to that. And now out with his first injury for an indefinite period of time. So our thoughts and prayers really go out to The Miz. What a year 2021 has been for him. With that said, Kofi Kingston inserted into the WWE title picture. I wasn't sure who would be the person to answer that challenge for Bobby Lashley. A number of people hinted at it. I do appreciate that they did not go with Old Faithful being Drew McIntyre or Braun Strowman. To see Kofi Kingston enter it and get the win said a whole lot. Could we be seeing Kofi Kingston and Bobby Lashley do battle for the WWE Championship sometime soon? Sign me up. I had a lot of reasons for this. The current African-American world champion against the previous African-American WWE champion. Really cool moment there and uh, lots of great possibilities. Now, I don't know that Kofi will regain the championship, but I'm certainly here for this and uh, count me in. I think it's going to be absolutely amazing. With that said, you know, we have to ask ourselves the questions. Does the innovation of Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston make up for the zombie situation? I don't know. I do want to go back to this one fact that a number of people, certainly WWE, made the comment that blood and guts from AEW set the industry back 30 years. Chris Jericho had a retort on Sunday saying that zombies sent the wrestling industry back 30 years. Dave LaGreca from the great Sirius XM show Busted Open has a rant that has certainly gone viral in terms of all that he had to say. He does not believe that Vince McMahon loves the sport of pro wrestling. Uh, he doesn't believe that we as fans have to take what WWE is giving to us. I will just say, and again, I promised a hot take, and I may do that if, if time permits, but I'll say this. I do think we have to ask ourselves how Vince McMahon sees the world of pro wrestling because for zombies to be input into the world of pro wrestling, quite frankly, I don't know that Damian Priest or The Miz deserved that. I think both of them had a great feud going on that didn't need the entrance of zombies. And again, I know it was to promote a movie from Batista, but yikes, there has to be a better way. So yeah, how long will it take for fans to forget this zombie moment? I don't know, because folks are still talking about the Shockmaster, and uh, I will say this, though. There isn't much prevalent talk about things like Bray Wyatt being burned alive or Rey Mysterio losing his eye. Uh, that was certainly the talk in the moment. Will WWE do something that makes us forget this? I don't know. But I definitely think that in the annals of WWE, this ranks up there as one of their uh, less memorable and exciting moments. Be that as it may, again, our thoughts and prayers are with The Miz for a speedy recovery. And uh, WWE Raw, 
however you look at it, rated higher this week than last week. Very interesting stuff for sure. Staying in the world of WWE, congratulations to Bronson Reed, who last night defeated Johnny Gargano in an amazing cage match to become the new North American champion. NXT was pretty amazing. Yes, I've got some spoilers, so if you don't want to hear those, press pause, watch NXT, and then come back to this podcast. Or if it doesn't matter to you, keep on listening. Here we go. So NXT, great show last night. And what I continue to be impressed by with NXT is there are amazing matches that I see that they are saving for TakeOver, but they are making us watch every week with the caliber and quality of matches that they're bringing to us. That tag team match last night between Legato, Del Fantasma, and Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa, amazing match. I do mean amazing. We're getting a lot of incredible things. Zoe Stark and Tony Storm, another great, great match. The caliber of what we're seeing in the ring at NXT continues to raise the bar in terms of what can be done in this pandemic era. And so next week, of course, you've got the big rematch between Karrion Cross and Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. We have the debut of Frankie Monet, FKA Ty of Valkyrie. There's a lot that's going to happen next week. And all of this is leading up to the In Your House NXT TakeOver pay-per-view coming to us in June. I'm excited because NXT is doing their thing. And one of the things we learned this weekend is who, who, who happens to be the secret sauce for NXT. Yes, we attribute a lot to NXT, but perhaps the silent P in NXT is the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. As many of us learned on A&E's biography this week, he has an integral part in what happens in NXT. And so just consider this. We now can understand why NXT is head and shoulders above the rest in terms of their brand. Not only are they bringing in some of the best independent wrestlers in the world, both male and female, but how can you really lose with two of the greatest wrestlers of all time behind the scenes working with you? Triple H and Shawn Michaels. That's the nucleus of D-Generation X. You could argue it's the nucleus and strength of the Attitude Era. They are one half of the clique that ruled the Attitude Era between WWE and WCW. So for everybody complaining, Brandon Clack, about the Attitude Era being the best era of wrestling, here's the real question to ask yourself. Who's better in life? the father or the son? Who's designed to be better, the parents or the children? Well, I think a lot of that has to do with both the parents and the children. And here we're looking at the parents being Triple H and Shawn Michaels and the children being NXT. NXT, I mean, and you have to give, of course, the amazing American Dream Dusty Rhodes credit for being so involved in certainly the embryonic stages of NXT to go from one of wrestling's great minds to two of wrestling's great minds and in-ring competitors. I'm telling you, NXT is gold and will be gold for a very, very long time. And let's face it, you don't have a Triple H and Shawn Michaels working on Raw and SmackDown, which could really easily explain why the two products are so vastly different different. 
So thank you, Shawn Michaels. Thank you, Triple H, for stacking the deck at NXT and for making NXT must-see television in the world of pro wrestling. We're going to put on the best show of the year tonight. Oh, my me? God! Oh, oh, my God! Oh, man, he's oh, my God! Oh, my God! He got it! Oh, oh, my God! God! Listen to this place! The killer weight has returned! That's Rekka Oh my god! Oh man! When is the last time you've been in front of a megastar of this caliber? For the first time in SHW history, we are going to experience a bunkhouse brawl match. No! no, no, no. Oh look out! Picture of our future. All right, so we've not talked about this promo that a lot of the world had been talking about from Cody Rhodes in AEW last week. Now, AEW Dynamite set to come your way tonight. And a quick programming note next weekend is Double or Nothing Weekend. And with the NBA playoffs doing what they do, Dynamite will be moved from Wednesday night to Friday night next week. So be on the lookout for that as it is part of Double or Nothing Weekend. You'll have Dynamite airing, I believe, at 10.30 Eastern on Friday night next week. And on top of that, you'll have AEW doing a meet and greet on Saturday. And then that Sunday will be AEW's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Many believe this could be the final pay-per-view from Daly's place for quite some time as AEW is getting ready to head back on the road we'll likely find out the location for all in or all out depending upon what you call it i believe it's all out i'm sure we'll find that out sunday night during the pay-per-view but yeah interesting times for aew back then to the promo from cody rhodes a lot of controversy around this promo it's his promo basically talking about being proud to be an american and i just have to say that I do think that there is a percentage of this country that's proud to be Americans. I also think there's a large percentage that is not. And given all that has happened in this country in the last year, could it have been a tone-deaf promo coming from Cody Rhodes as he even inserted the concept of his biracial unborn child, talking about how that child will be proudly wearing both elements of their heritage it was a weird promo let me just say this and again this too is hot take worthy i think you have to always read the room i will say one of the things that i've appreciated about wwe is their intent to not go political during this time frame because quite frankly for them they realize how divisive that could be they understand that their entire fan base doesn't feel the same way about all issues so you steer away from it i don't know that nationalism is needed to promote this anthony agogo versus cody rhodes matchup at double or nothing You've got enough of a story with Ogogo being a former Olympic boxer, one who nearly lost his sight and nearly lost his boxing career to turn around and gain a great wrestling career. We don't have to insert those elements because there are a couple of things that don't make sense. 
and I won't go there because this this could really turn into something. I'll just say AEW usually does a great job of hand of having their hands on the pulse of what's going on. I think that particular promo was not one of those moments for AEW. I don't know how they look past this or go past this. But nationalism in the world of pro wrestling these days does not have the kind of effect that it did in the 80s and maybe even in the 90s. We're not fighting a Cold War. The only real war we've seen between the U.S. and Britain was the Revolutionary War back in the day. And I mean, like the embryonic stages of this country back in the day. It was also the same time that some not so savory things were happening in this same country that was forming. Uh, you could argue about how the folks that came from Britain looked to colonize the indigenous people. You could talk about how during that same time the slave trade was beginning. Not good things to get into when we're talking about nationalism. And I'm really surprised that Cody Rhodes uh, went that route. Be that as it may, we'll see what happens on Dynamite if they continue the whole theme of nationalism. I don't think it's a good look, and I think it could cause more harm than good to the AEW product. But we'll find out tonight on AEW Dynamite, happening live from Daly's Place, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, on the TNT Network. With that said, family, we're going to get out of here. I hope you have an amazing day. Please let me know your thoughts on all that we've talked about today. Cody Rhodes promo, the zombies in WWE. Man, there's a lot to talk about, and I want to hear your thoughts. So hit us up on the socials at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And be sure to share what we're doing with your friends and your followers on the socials and in your world. And we'll do this again real, real soon, guys. I love you all very, very much. Thank you for your continued support. And remember, SHW27 is available right now on IWTV. So make sure you check that out. Again, five days free if you use the SHW promo code when you're at independentwrestling.tv. All right, guys, until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner. They call me GB, and this is The Faction. Have an amazing day. I my people here.